Hello, hello. Today is an episode where it's just going to be you and me. So it'll be a little bit different than the episodes we've had recently with guests. But yeah, I just like to check in every once in a while, give you an update on what life looks like for me, and also share maybe a thought or something that's been a big deal in my life recently, which is exactly what today is going to be about. And it is the second week of February, which is crazy. I wonder how 2023 is going for you. Does it feel like it has been 300 days long already? Or is it feeling like it is just flying by? I would say for me, it is somewhere in the middle. So just a recap of kind of what this last month has looked like. I started off the year by doing something that I have done for a few years now. And I was volunteering at the Passion Conference here in Atlanta. I have a lot of friends who are on staff at Passion, and that is the church that Scott and I were at when we were in Atlanta. Plus, I just feel like in my life, I've kind of grown up alongside Passion City Church in Atlanta because while the Passion Conferences have been going on forever, like since the 1990s, I'm pretty sure, the church really has kind of come into existence over, I would say, maybe the last 15-ish years. I could be wrong about that, but... I remember growing up that when we would have kind of a free Sunday afternoon, my friends and I in high school would drive up to Atlanta to go to Passion City Church. And at that time, there there wasn't even a building. So we were meeting in like a, an event venue or a concert venue. And I even remember one time we went to this first college night. So not the conference college ministry, but like Passion City Church Young Adults, one of their first gatherings. And it was in this backyard at someone's house in Atlanta. And so I feel like in my life, I've kind of gotten to grow up alongside Passion and I just love and respect them so much. And they've just given so much to my life that I have really enjoyed the last couple of years getting to serve and getting to give back. And so this year, when I was at the Passion Conference, I was helping serve in a hospitality space, which just means that my job was to take care of the people, the production people who are making the whole thing run. If you've ever been to a passion conference, you know the technology is out of this world. The lights, the sounds, the cameras, everything. I mean, we're working in a massive venue, State Farm Arena. And so my job this year was to take care of those people that are holding that whole thing up. And I loved it. I loved it. I loved the team that I got to volunteer with. And I also loved the people that I got to meet. And it's true, those are kind of the unsung heroes of a lot of these events that we attend and a lot of these you know, functions that we're part of, even if it's just a concert, you don't really stop to think about the sound guys, the light girls, you know, the men and women who are behind this whole thing. So that is how my year started. So took a couple days, got to serve there. It was absolutely amazing. And then I was home for a couple weeks and uh, was just working and just kind of getting my feet under me for this new year. And then there was one week out of this last month that was like this massive travel for Scott and I. So we went to Chattanooga, Tennessee because I had a work meeting there. And since Scott works remotely, he just worked as well while we were there. And so we got to visit Chattanooga, Tennessee, which was really, really fun. And Scott had never been there. So it was pretty cool for him to get to see it. It was very, 
very quick. We just drove up there, stayed overnight, and then my meeting was first thing that next morning. Had that meeting, worked from there for the rest of the day, and then drove home. So it was super quick. And then we were home for one night, and then we left that next day, and we started this journey out west. So we have a couple friends who live out in Oregon, and it's just a temporary placement for them being out there right now. And so we've been talking about wanting to go and see them. And we just finally were like, yes, let's make it happen. Let's just go. So we took a day off work and we traveled out there. And something that's really important to Scott and I is that we share this love of snowboarding. And that is something that's kind of random because we live in Georgia. So it's like, how and why did that even happen? And for me, that happened because I lived in Colorado for a few years when I was in middle school. And that's where I learned how to ski and snowboard and fell in love with the mountains. And then Scott has just gotten to go a few times throughout his life. And so when we came together, we realized, oh, this is something we love to do. And it took us years to actually do it together. It took us a while to make the plans to get out there because since we do live in Georgia, if we want to go do something like this, we really have to make an effort. And so a couple years ago, we did it together for the very first time. We went with some friends to these, actually these same friends. We went with them to a resort in New Mexico because they were living there at the time and just fell in love with it. And so we said, Scott and I decided that if at all possible, we would love to get to the mountains at least once a year and just just make that a priority in our life because we just love it so much. And so when we went out to Oregon, we started off by just getting to like get a lay of the land. It's absolutely gorgeous. I felt like I was living in the Twilight movies and the trees are so pretty. They look like they're from almost like Dr. Seuss. Like there's just so much like frill and floof on them. They're, I don't know how to explain it. They're just so different than what I had seen before. And then we got to see some waterfalls and hang out with our friends and it was just so, so good. And then we spent that whole next day skiing and snowboarding on Mount Hood out in Oregon, which was stunning. We had an absolutely perfect day. And then we had a couple of our other friends who came and met up with us. And so we spent the rest of the weekend just exploring Portland and going to this massive bookstore and then going to get good food and just explore the city. It was really, really, really an amazing trip, but it was such an odd week because while we do travel consistently, we don't normally travel that much in one week. So to start the week in Tennessee, come back home and then make our way out to Oregon was just almost surreal. And in the midst of that week, one of our other really, really, really good friends had their baby. So they had their very first baby little girl. And so that was so fun. And it's just been really, really sweet to get to watch them step into being parents and just to kind of launch this new part of their life. And it's just surreal. Like, seeing their baby girl over FaceTime and in pictures, it's the first time that I've had a friend this close to me give birth. And it just is so surreal to me that like my friend's body made this little human. It's so incredible that somehow these cells and everything came together and this baby has 10 fingers and 10 toes and an ear and a respiratory system. It just, it really, really is blowing my mind, but that has been kind of a fun part of this last month too. So 
Needless to say, it has been a really, really good start to 2023. And there is another thing that I have been doing over the last 30 days. Well, really at this point, I'm a couple weeks out from it, but for the first 30 days of 2023, I participated in this very unique challenge that I wanted to tell you guys about today. I have a necklace that has become a part of my everyday style. And it's not just because it looks good, but it's something that means a lot to me. And it was made by this company called Resera. And Resera believes that jewelry should be meaningful. So every piece is designed with this in mind to serve as a daily reminder of important values, stories, or people in your life. And that's exactly what this necklace has been for me. It is a little circle, gold circle, with a dot, dot, dot on it. And it's a part of the Stephanie Bear collection. But for me, it has just been a marker for this season of hopeful expectation while Scott and I are in this waiting season of adding children to our family. And I love it so much. It's beautiful, but it's also just, like I said, that tangible reminder. And Resera is amazing because their mission is to employ and empower women survivors of homelessness and domestic abuse. And so they offer their makers a living wage with one-on-one financial counseling, food and clothing assistance, and referrals to free mental health counseling. So I couldn't recommend the purpose behind the jewelry anymore. So I would very much encourage you to go take a look, see if there's something that you find that you want to add to your collection, maybe for yourself, or even as you're looking for a gift for Valentine's Day or birthdays or whatever's to come over the next few months, I would highly, highly recommend checking out Resera. And you can actually go to www.resera.com slash Nick Dutton, N-I-K-K-D-U-T-T-O-N, or use promo code Nick Dutton, N-I-K-K-D-U-T-T-O-N for 15% off your purchase. Okay, so the thing that I did this year so far that has been a game changer for me came out of the hopes that I have for what I want this year to look like. So in the very first episode of the podcast this year in 2023, I said that there were three words that would describe how I hope this year looks. I would hope that this year I would live more awake. I would hope that this year I would be more alert and I hope that I could be healthier once I get to December 31st, 2023. These are the things that I'm pursuing. And so from that, I started looking at, okay, well, how am I going to do that? What are those little steps that I'll take in my daily life, in my weekly life, in my month by month life to actually get to that goal. And being a Christian and something that we actually talked about on last week's episode is I do think that there's so much value in spending time with the Lord in prayer and reading scripture on a daily basis. I know, I know, I know, I know. I know that that's so important. And ever since I first became a Christian, that's something that my mentors and pastors and friends and communities have advocated that that's important. And I know that it is, but if I'm being totally transparent with you, like I said in last week's episode with Sarah, I really struggle to keep up those habits. So throughout the last 14 years, that has looked a lot of different ways. I feel like I've started and stopped, started and stopped. There were so many times where I was like, okay, I'm going to read this devotional and I'm going to read it for 30 minutes every day and do this and do that. Um, And I just haven't been able to stick to it. And Sarah gave amazing, amazing pointers on how to kickstart that and how to actually get that morning routine going for yourself, which now that I've wrapped up this first challenge, I'm going to step into exactly what she said. But 
when I was thinking about this year, I really felt like it would be incredible to read through the Bible completely. And I mean, any of us who are in church or who follow Jesus would say, yeah, that's an amazing thing. But it's a daunting thing. And I have started that before. But what would happen is I would do, you know, the Bible in a year. And so I'd get somewhere into like, I don't know, like Judges or somewhere in the Old Testament, numbers even, and I would just stall out. So like by February or March, by February, I'd be really, really struggling. And by March, it would be long gone. And so... I was looking and just scrolling on Instagram and there is this pastor that I just really appreciate a lot of what he says. His name is Nathan Finocchio and I got to know him through Hillsong, not personally, but just through that network is where I was first introduced to him. So I've been following him and I saw that when we were getting ready to start the new year, he had this thing that he posted about called the shred. And he is funny because like he loves Jesus, he teaches truth and he is very bold, but he's also hilarious and just like has this really funky kind of style. And so he called it the shred. And so the shred was this Bible reading plan where you actually would read scripture, the whole Bible from cover to cover in 30 days. So you would start in Genesis on day one and by day 30, you would wrap up at the end of Revelation. And this stuck out to me because I was realizing that maybe if I can just do something that, yes, will require more effort in the short term, but if it has a shorter lifespan and if I'm not trying to maintain this habit for, you know, 12 months at a time, maybe I'd actually have a chance at finishing this thing. Plus, I have been saying that another thing that I want to do this year is just not talk myself out of things, just be open to trying things, maybe things that I've never done before. So I took a screenshot, I literally just pulled it up on my phone on December 30th. 2022, I took a screenshot at 11.47 p.m. And I just put it in my phone and I thought, you know what? I'm not sure that I can fully, fully commit to this, but it looks interesting and I'll just give it some thought. And so at the beginning of the year, I was at the beach celebrating New Year's Eve with Scott and with our friends in the Meckman family and with Mal. And so we were all together and I was just thinking more and more about like, okay, what do I want this year to look like and what's important to me? And what are the big goals that I want to go after first? And this plan just kept coming to my mind, coming to my mind, coming to my mind. And so what I love about it, and I'll tell you kind of how it worked and the breakdown for it is, like I said, you start on day one, Genesis 1 through Genesis 42, and then you do it every single day for 30 days, no breaks during the week. And at the very end of it, you wrap up in Revelation. But he also had, Nathan Finocchio had a cheat sheet. And so here are some of the things that he said, if you're going to do this plan, this will help you be successful and actually get to the end. Number one, he talks about that we're looking for the big motif. The point of this reading plan is not to dissect and pull things out and stall out on things that are cool or confusing or observations that you have. The goal is just to keep moving through and just to get an understanding of the big picture. So that was one thing that was very different. And then another thing, rule number two on this cheat sheet, is he talks about read quickly and don't feel guilty about that, which it's so funny to even read that now because that I have finished this plan. And one of the very first things I said when I finished is, wow, I'm 
so proud of myself. I'm so glad that I actually was able to do this, but I do feel guilty for reading quickly. And that was the thing is that you cannot get caught up in just trying to like, you know, squeeze every ounce out of what you're reading or you're not going to make it through. And you really are expected to read for about two hours a day, somewhere around 50 chapters, which is a lot, is a lot, is a lot, is a lot. But on this like mindset of just keeping up momentum and moving through and just knowing that each day you're going to have about two hours of reading, he recommends breaking it up into smaller pieces. And that was a game changer for me because realistically, even though our life does have a little bit more space in it right now, I don't have the ability or even the energy and attention span to sit and just read straight for two hours. There were some days out of the last month where I did that, but rarely. Really what it would look like is if I could do like, you know, five chapters in the morning or like another five over lunch, or even when I was cooking dinner, I would listen to the audio version of the Bible and get through, you know, five to 10 chapters. And then by bed, you really only have about half of your reading left and it's a lot more reasonable. And so I also did a very strong mixture of reading the actual tangible physical pages of my personal Bible, as well as reading the Bible on my phone when I was in the car or when I was traveling or when I was waiting in line for my burrito at that's what I did one night. And then I also would listen to the audio version of the Bible and that helped me keep moving through. So another thing on his cheat sheet is he says, try not to take too many notes. If you see something that stands out to you or that you have a question about, by all means, jot it down real quickly, but just come back to it at the end. Just keep moving. And I like that he says this too. Nathan says, don't reduce God's working in your life to a devotional moment. There may be days where this long reading feels more like work and less like this experience with God. And that was so true. There were many days over the last 30 days where it did not feel like an epiphany and just this aha moment. It felt like a commitment, but at the end of it, I was so glad that I was able to stick through. And he also says that if you feel like you're not going to finish, if you are getting to midnight and you're like, oh, I still have like 30 chapters to go, you are allowed to skim. The goal is to finish and to not leave anything left over for the next day because that is really going to war against that momentum and the ability to actually finish this thing. So skimming was a part of this too. There were 100% days where I was skimming and not reading every single word or not listening to every single word. And so, yeah, I mean, it's hard and it was challenging, but I'm so excited to say at the end of it, I was able to finish and I'm, I'm not recording this to get like your praise or your applause or to try to impress you. I'm saying this as someone who has really struggled to find that footing with scripture, this was probably one of the most helpful things I have done so far. And it also was just really, really beneficial because I have a lot better context for what scripture is actually communicating. And so by the time I got to the New Testament, which I'm much more familiar with than much of the Old Testament, when I was reading these passages and these stories and even the genealogy of Jesus, when I was reading these things that I have heard over and over and over and over, 
over the last 14 years, I had so much better context for why those things were included, why those names matter, what stories were behind those individuals. I mean, when I got to Hebrews and I was reading, I think it's Hebrews 11 or 12, it's like the hall of faith. And when they were going through these different people in the Jewish history, in in the history of Israel and who they were, what they did, why they were important, I just knew so much more about them. And it has been something that has been on my heart for a while that it is interesting for me being a Christian. I've felt convicted and just kind of challenged that as a Christian, I say that I believe the Bible to be true and I believe the Bible to be my direction for life. But yet I had not ever read the whole thing, which is kind of crazy, right? And sure, I went into this challenge thinking, well, I've read most of the Bible. I'd say maybe I've read 95%. That's what I said before I started this challenge. And then once I got into it, I was like, "Mm, okay, maybe realistically, I should have said I've actually read about 70% of the Bible because as I read through, I realized there was many chapters in smaller books or aspects of books that I absolutely had not read before. Um, And like I said, that's not to make you feel shamed. (laughs) I mean, some of you are listening and you are a mom right now of small kids. And it's like, those two hours don't exist. I I totally get that. Um, or maybe you're new to faith and this is not saying that like in order for you to be a good Christian, you have to start reading the entire Bible. I mean, like I said, I have followed Jesus for 14 years and just now did it. So it's not to make an accusation against you. Um, it just was to say on my own self and in my own life, it was something that I was feeling challenged about. And I had this thought that like in my lifetime and hopefully sooner than later, I would love to have actually read the entire Bible. And just to know, because when someone who is not a part of Christianity asks me a question, I want to know where to actually have answers and knowledge and context. I mean, I I think the biggest name of the game for this whole challenge was just context, having context for why these things are said and how we move and act and live and breathe in the church and according to Jesus and the Holy Spirit and in honor of the Father, all of those things, it just makes a lot more sense. And so really that's what it looked like. For 30 days, I just took whatever that chapter section was for the day. Um, I would post it on Instagram, not again to show off, but more to hold myself accountable because then people would ask like, oh, where are you at? Or how are things going? So it made me feel just a little bit more accountable to actually get these things done. But I just took it one day at a time and I just would listen or I would read or I would skim on some days and by God's grace and by just a little bit of can do it in this, somehow I was able to make it to the end of the 30 days, which felt really, really good. It's February and we all like to look and feel our best. And one way that I like to look and feel my best is keeping my nails painted, but I really struggle with keeping them looking good, especially if I do a manicure at home. I hate that things just chip so easily and then I'm walking around with these just splotchy pieces of polish on my nails instead of having that crisp, clean look. And that's why I'm so happy that I was introduced to all 
Olive in June. Olive in June elevates your at-home manicure experience with the belief that no matter who you are, where you live, what you do, what you wear, you can have the perfect manicure that makes you feel like your best self. So if you're into press-ons, they have press-ons with a variety of colors and designs and links, as well as manicure and pedicure systems that you can use at home and gorgeous polish colors. So I told you last week, I like to stick to more of the neutral colors. That's more of my style. But since it's February and Valentine's Day is coming up, I'm actually going to be trying one of the darker reds and just have something a little bit different on my nails for these couple of weeks. But the mission at Olive in June is to make that beautiful feeling happen for everyone. So get started today. Go to oliveinjune.com or on your next Target run, check out the nail polish aisle and look for Olive in June. And I think even beyond just the context that I got for the Christian faith and for scripture, I think it also just felt really good to actually finish something that I started. It has been a little bit of a shot in the arm, a boost of encouragement and confidence at the beginning of this year, because like I said, I just have really struggled, not just with completing Bible reading plans that I have committed to, but it just can be really hard for me in my life to feel like a consistent and self-disciplined person. I make this joke, but it's actually kind of true. I feel like I am a lot of things. I feel like I can be pretty encouraging, that I can enjoy life and have a pretty positive disposition. There are a lot of good things about who I am, but I will be quick to acknowledge that one of those things that I am not great at is self-discipline. It's something that I really admire in Scott because he it just comes so naturally for him. And he would say it still is a challenge, of course, but I've just seen him stick to things that he started. And whether it's a Bible reading plan or you know getting outside and being active for 15 minutes a day or eating healthy for a whole month, I just have a really, really hard time sticking to things. That's kind of why this podcast is such a miracle because it has continued to be produced every month and then every two weeks and now every week so far for three years. It it truly is one of the most consistent things that I have done so far. But the last 30 days reading the Bible and actually making it through each day and getting to the end of this plan, that has felt like just a really big win and a boost of encouragement. And so I'm excited and hopeful that as I step into the rest of this year, you know, these these next 11 months of 2023, that there will be other things that I can try. And I do feel like one thing that was so helpful in actually completing this is something I've already mentioned today about not going into it, trying to do it perfectly and not going into it with so much pressure. So just knowing that I had the freedom to complete the reading every day, whatever that looked like, allowed me to actually achieve the goal of this entire challenge. And so I think it has been so helpful for my faith, but it's also just been helpful in my mind when it comes to setting goals. I think I definitely believe and achieve well whenever it is a shorter goal. And I've heard people talk about smart goals. I believe that means that they're uh, short, measurable, attainable, reachable, trackable. Mm, That may not be right. If there was a fact check on this podcast, that would need to be fact checked. I, I could have that totally wrong. But I do know that part of having a goal, a smart goal that is attainable is making sure that it is short and that really makes a big difference. And so, yeah, that has been been a big part of this. And truth be told, as I've read through scripture, 
cover to cover, not chronological, but just cover to cover in the way that the Bible is laid out. I came across some really hard passages that I do not know what to do with them. Um, There are some things that are challenging. There are some things that are um, hard to understand. There are some things that just don't make sense with who I know God to be and his character. There are also some things that were just hard to understand because they happened in a totally different culture and a completely different timeline. And so, like I said, the author or the founder, I guess, Nathan Finocchio of this plan says that, you know, just make some notes of the things that you want to go back and look at after you're done. And I I do have some areas with some questions that I want to go dig back into and just try to understand what was going on there and why the Lord allowed that to happen or why the Lord was in that moment in a place where I wouldn't have expected him. And that was hard. (laughs) That was really, really hard. But also, there were some things that were just challenging to things that I believe that as I was reading, I was thinking like, okay, I don't know what to do about this. I think I have like the PR 2023 Christian American church version of an answer of like why we do this or why this happens or why this is allowed and why this isn't allowed. But as I was reading, there were some parts that I I don't know. I I think I want to dig into more myself and just try to wrestle with what this means for my belief about what is good and right and true and love. And so those are some things that I noticed along the way. And then, like I said, there were also some aspects that were just mind-blowing, some places where I just felt like God was so present and so different in a positive way than what I had imagined before. There was this verse that I actually found in Ecclesiastes chapter 11 that really, really stood out to me. And I think it might be one of my new favorite verses in the Bible. Of course, this is happening in a whole entire context in scripture, but when I read it, it kind of made me come to a stop and I just underlined it real quickly as I kept moving on. In Ecclesiastes 11, verse five, it says, as you do not know the way that the spirit comes to the bones in the womb of a woman with child, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. So I'm gonna read that again. Ecclesiastes 11, five, As you do not know the way the spirit comes to the bones in the womb of a woman with child, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. Obviously that stood out to me for a couple reasons. One, what a crazy verse. Like I told you, I thought I had read 90% of the Bible before this. I had never read that verse before, or if I did, I had never noticed it. Um, On this day, it stood out to me because this, I read this verse on the exact day where our best friend had just had their baby. And so I was thinking about, as I was seeing pictures of her and they were talking about what she's like and I was seeing FaceTimes and videos of her. It was just wild to me. My mind was so blown that these bones and this frame and this heart and this brain and this personality all came into existence in my friend's womb. That's just so unreal. It just blew my mind. And it also stuck out to me, of course, because with our loss, like I just feel really tender to any of these places in scripture where it's talking about moms and children or even miscarriage. I've seen miscarriage in scripture, people who were unable to have babies who did, people who struggled. It's It always kind of stopped me a little bit when I came across any 
chapters or verses or stories like that. So it stuck out to me that way too. Um, But then it spoke to my spirit a little bit that in the same way that it is so mind-blowing to me, the way that not only a baby's body comes together in its mother's womb, but that the spirit is put in them. This intangible spirit, soul, personality, being part of them, the part of me, the part of you that is just completely unique. And uh, like I said, just hard to grasp. I mean, I think about some of my other friends who have kids and I just adore them so, so much. And I think about their spirit and the things that make them come to life and the way that they see the world and the way that they move through the world. And I just saw this verse and saw that spirit being put into these children in their mother's wombs by the Lord. And it also just challenged me that in that same way that that is such a mystery, also we do not understand or know the work of God who makes everything. Um, And I don't know that that brings me comfort, (laughs) to be honest. I don't know if it makes me feel comforted, but it just spoke to this place where I'm at with the Lord right now, where I am doing this incredible thing. I read his word. I read the word of God for 30 days and have just been steeped in Israel's history and the creation of the world and the predictions of what the end of the world will look like. And when Jesus was here and all these crazy, crazy people who make up this lineage of faith, I've been steeped in that for the last 30 days, but also my life is still here, right? Like I still have questions and hope and longing and sadness and just all of these aspects of where I'm at at this point in February, 2023, me and the Lord. And so that verse right there in Ecclesiastes just kind of stopped me for a second and I underlined it. And like I said, I kept moving, but it was one of those that just really stood out to me. And there were a handful of others that I just took either a quick screenshot on my phone when they passed by, or I just underlined them real quickly. And at the end of this 30 days I of being in scripture, at the end of reading Genesis all the way to Revelation, I can say that number one, I think Genesis is one of my favorite books of the Bible. I loved it. I wanna read it again. It was so fun which is weird to say, but there's just weird things that happen. It's just crazy. It felt like, you guys know I like reality TV. It felt like this weird, crazy season of a reality TV show. So I love Genesis. Um, but I would also say at the end of this this thing, this reading the Bible cover to cover, I would say that I have an even more firm belief that God is good, that God is real, that God is present in the details of lives in ways that I can't even comprehend and fathom. I have a much bigger respect, I think, for God than I've had in many, many years. I think when you first come to Christianity, like some of you who I've talked to who are just starting this journey with Jesus, there's this awe and this reverence for God. But I think that we can lose that reverence as we move through life and move through faith year after year after year. And so, yeah, I think that that has been stirred up in me a bit as well, just to have a little bit more reverence for God after reading this thing cover to cover. Um, And I also have questions and I think that that's okay. There are, like I said, 
parts of scripture or stories or commands or um, just ways of life that were found in the scriptures that I read that I don't know what to do with that. And I don't know how to reconcile that. Um, But I think that's allowed. And I think that it's good to have questions in your faith. And I think it's good to wrestle with the Lord and to pursue truth, to seek truth. And so that's kind of what this next chapter will look like for me. I am relieved to be 100% honest that I don't have this reading to commit to every single day. I'm grateful to get a little bit of my life back in order to actually do this. It meant some things had to leave. So there was a lot less scrolling on TikTok and a lot less watching TV and um, getting into bed or getting in to kind of that nighttime routine earlier so that I could leave some time to knock out the rest of my chapters every day. So I am glad to get a little bit of my life back. Um, But more than anything, I'm just really, really grateful that I was able to do this. And I'm grateful to Nathan Finocchio for putting this plan together and giving such a good game plan and strategy for actually making it to the end of this thing. And so the last thing that I would say to you is that If you are thinking about doing something in relation, especially in relation to reading scripture or being a part of a Bible study or um, attending church more regularly, I know for us, we fell out of attending church as regularly as we had before all the moves in COVID. Whatever your goal this year is with your faith, I would encourage you to just go for it and give it a try. I would say, if it is to be a part of a Bible study, It's not going to happen unless you actually look at the Bible studies that are available, whether they're available through your church and you look at the list or ask for a list of what Bible studies meet, what small groups meet, or if it's actually going online and purchasing a Bible study, signing up, whatever it is, like they're are first steps that you have to take, but there are a lot of resources out there that will help you stick to whatever commitment and whatever plan you have. I would also say it was really helpful for me to do something that was more short-term. So to find something that has a start and end date, that made it a lot more feasible for me to commit to. Um, Be mindful of the seasons that are coming up. You know, Lent is coming up, so that's the time that leads up to Easter. And then we have Easter coming soon. So I know there will be a lot of great offerings out there for Bible studies and prayer groups and whatever, you know, initiative you're looking for in your faith. I know there will be a lot in these next couple months. So maybe just make that first step today. And here's the thing, just give it a try because my whole thought with this 30 days was even if I only make it 10 days into this 30-day Bible plan, even if I only make it 10 days, I will have been 10 days further than I would have been if I didn't even try. And what the heck? I actually made it all the way to 30. So you never know. You might actually make it all the way through. But even if I hadn't, I would have been really grateful that I at least had had those first 10 days. And another thing that I would say is if you're looking to try something or to commit to something, a goal or a challenge or a next step in your faith, um, not 
putting on perfection over that. I think that was also something that completely set me free and made doing this and sticking to it actually possible was not trying to achieve perfection or to force it to look a certain way that it had to be me in the morning from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. reading my Bible by the moonlight. Like the fact that I was able to mix it up and make it fit my schedule and my life and my even learning style of like learning audibly and listening, that made a huge difference. So wherever you are, whatever the thing is for you, I give you all the encouragement and blessing and you can do it. It is worth it. And this Bible in 30 days, if you're interested in that, it is so challenging, but it is not impossible. It is absolutely not impossible. And I'll include all the details in the podcast notes if you want to try this plan. And maybe you take this plan and you say, I cannot do two, da- two hours a day. And you divide it in half, make it into a 60-day plan, and you get a small group of people and you guys commit to do it together every week. I don't know what that looks like for you, but would just wish you all the best and would say, go for it. Thank you.